0: Well, good morning on this Friday the 14th, uh, Friday the 14th, yes, January 2022. Good morning. I'm Carmen LeBurge, if you're joining us for the very first time. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, Yesterday, I had a great time um, getting to meet virtually with many, many of our furry, frisky, feathered, finned, did I get them all, Paul? Let's see. I think so. You had plenty of furry ones, a
2: few finned Mm -hmm. ones, and...
0: And yeah, the, uh, and, and yeah, the feathered one, and the feathered, and the feathered one, the 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 dove named Peace. All right, if you um if you missed out on all of that, or if you participated and want to see the picture of your four legged or finned or feathered friend um, on my Facebook page, you can do that. I posted all the pictures that you sent me, and I included the names of the um uh, of the listeners who are often uncounted. They are unaccounted. They are often unaccounted for, but not here on Mornings with Carmen because we love our dogs and our cats. And, um, and one raccoon named Lady. There you go. hmm. And a donkey named Pokey. Good morning to all of you. Those are in the freezer. Good furry morning. Category. Good morning. Yes. And good morning to, uh, Greta. I missed, uh, listing Greta yesterday because, um, Greta's human sent, uh, Greta's picture on my cell phone, which I did not check. <laughs> So there you go. Greta, I know you're listening, and so good morning to you as well, my little my little furry friend. All right, so um, I love that. I love that. Thank you so much. Um, the Carmen Nation has um, all kinds of creatures, great and small. And I am so thankful. It's so fun. The Supreme Court of the United States issued two rulings yesterday in cases related to the powers of the executive branch of the government. So you know in our civics uh, in our civics education, right? The US government has three branches. The legislative branch. So when we talk about uh, the U.S. uh, Congress, uh, we talk about the Senate, we talk about the House of Representatives, we're talking about the legislative branch. Those are the lawmakers. Uh, We also have a branch called the judicial branch. And so that is the systems of courts. Right. That's the justice system, the highest level of which is the Supreme Court. And we're talking about a ruling by the Supreme Court. Yesterday, um, and it's in relationship to the powers of the executive branch of the U.S. government. And the executive branch doesn't just include the president and all of those who, uh, who he appoints. It includes all of the agencies. Of the, uh, of the government as well. And so when we think about executive power, we're thinking about the way that, let's say, the president can issue an executive order and then how that order is carried out through all of the various branches and agencies um, of of the government. And so that's what this is about. So the Supreme Court blocked a mandate which would have required businesses with more than 100 employees um But the court also allowed a mandate to go into effect for uh, some 10 million Americans who work for health care facilities and hospitals that receive federal money through Medicare or Medicaid. So there's two decisions. They are different. In the first case, which affects about 80 million Americans who work for employers with 100 or more employees, the Supreme Court ruled in a 6-3 decision that the agency known as OSHA – Occupational Safety and Health Administration lacked the authority to require businesses um, uh, to, you know, either force employees to be uh, vaccinated or uh, be in this regular regimen of testing. So the vote on the employer mandate case was six to three. Um, With liberal justices in dissent, the vote on the health care case was five to four. Chief Justice John Roberts and Justice Brett Kavanaugh joining the liberal justices to form, uh, you know, a one margin majority there. So every single one of us has a relationship to this story because you may be thinking to yourself, this does not affect me. This does not affect me. Okay, Every single one of us has a relationship to this story. Um, I'll, I'll tell you my relationship to this story. So like everybody at Faith Radio uh, I'm a part of Northwestern Media, employed by the University of Northwestern St. Paul, which therefore has, like, you know, way more than 100 employees. So the the conversation about an employee mandate for employers with more or employee, employers with more than 100 employees would have affected me, right? Um, this is also expressly a Christian institution. So let's just say the Supreme Court had allowed for the vaccine or test mandate um, that OSHA was seeking to apply. Um, if they had allowed it, then the Supreme Court would have basically been requiring that schools like the University of Northwestern um, and every large Christian organization that you can think of enforce, become an enforcement arm of the U.S. government. Can you see that? So part of what the Supreme Court is doing is saying, hey, you don't actually have that kind of reach, that kind of authority. Um, the legislative branch has not invested the executive branch in this way through this agency to do this kind of thing, to reach quite this far into um, into private businesses, into religious institutions. Um, and so that's what's going on there. They also said, um, however, if you get federal money, for something healthcare related, Medicare, Medicaid dollars, then there's there's a string attached to that. And one of the strings is going to be this vaccine um, or test mandate. So do you see the difference there? Do you see where they drew that line? So the ruling related to the mandate for those who work in healthcare settings and receive federal funding uh, is pretty simple. You receive the federal funds, then you follow the federal rules issued by the administration and its agencies. It's very straightforward. And I think serves as a really healthy reminder to all of us in every institution of every size um, that with federal dollars, with federal dollars, come very long strings attached. A good reminder for each of us and all of us uh, moving forward in the conversations of the culture today. All right, Dr. Bruce Ashford, Ashford is going to join us next. He is in the midst of a series called The Ten Words. It is excellent. You can find the whole thing at bruceashford.net. But let me just ask you this. When you think about the Ten Commandments, how do you think about those ten words? Um, do you know what they are? Hmm. Yeah. Well, we're, we're going we're gonna to remind ourselves of the ten words uh, with Bruce Ashford in just a moment. Ashford is back. Happy New Year, sir. It's great to have you.
1: Hey, it's great to be on the show, Carmen.
0: All right. You guys can um, check out what Bruce is working on at bruceashford.net. Let's talk about your 10 words series. Why do we need to be talking about the 10 words? Like, you know, this seems like a really old, dusty list to be talking about uh, in 2022.
1: Yeah. You know, I think, uh, but to the extent we think about the 10 commandments at all, which are, are probably better translated as the 10 words, uh, we tend to only think of them in terms of personal ethics, you know, how it applies to me as an individual, but the 10 commandments actually provide a, a, an excellent lens through which to uh, view our social, cultural and political problems here in the USA. And so in this series, that's what we do. We explain the meaning of each commandment, we apply it to individuals, but also to society, culture and politics.
0: All right. So we want to go back and establish sort of the the foundation for this conversation. You talk about, you know, what others in the past, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Philip Reif, uh, some of the, I mean, they were almost prophetic, right? They they said that we were moving in this direction, that um, Europeans and Americans lived in this, like— Uh, come-of-age time, and it would mean that we would imagine that we could live without reference to God, that, you know, like we're now smart enough to live without um, God as a reference point or with any relationship to God. We've arrived at that point. I don't think that that is, um, that's not news to anybody listening to this program. So talk with us about um, expressive individualism, Because I think that gets to the root of a conversation about whether or not I'm going to concede authority to the one who is behind the Ten Commandments or the Ten Words or whether or not I'm going to say, you know what, my autonomous self doesn't need all that.
1: Yeah, you know, what we've done here in the States, Americans are deeply religious people and always have been. Um, The the odd thing that uh, Carl Truman, Philip Reif and others have pointed out is that we have now installed a different God on the throne and that's the individual person, the individual American. It's nothing wrong at all, of course, with uh, seeking individual rights. That's a, a good part of our nation's fabric. But uh, what we've gone on to do, uh, many Americans and all of us to some extent, is we put ourselves on the throne instead of putting God on the throne. Uh, so that the, uh, the, 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 uh, the whole point of life for many Americans is to be authentic and uh, to be authentic uh, under this view is uh, to align our lives with our deepest desires. And what the Bible teaches is that our deepest desires are often warped and twisted. And uh, in fact, all, always are warped and twisted until we come to know God through Christ. And so what, one of the things that the 10 Commandments uh, uh, does, uh, that this uh, series, the 10 words, is tries to help remind us that if we conform our lives to God's law, um, then uh, there's a certain beauty to that and a goodness. Uh, to align our lives with God's truth for our life, his deepest desires for life instead of our own. And what that allows us to do is to be light. Jesus talked about, mm-hmm. uh, If we just take salt as a metaphor for a moment, um, that we should be salt. Salt was something that would preserve meat. It didn't have freezers in those days. And at the same time that it preserved meat and kept it from being corrupted, it also made it taste better. And so as we conform our lives as a people, God's people, the church, as we conform yeah. our lives to his to His law, um, we help to preserve our society and to preserve our politic, uh, to preserve our culture, and to even make it taste better.
0: Mm. Um, all right. So Bruce and I are going to um, look at this question when we come back, and I'm going to ask it of you right now. Um, are you a lawbreaker or... Um, you know, are you a person who is a law keeper? I want you to think about that for just a moment. Am I a law keeper or am I a law breaker? You might be surprised by Bruce's answer. We'll be right back.
1: Throw me like a stone in the water. Watch the mud rise up. Dress me like a lamp for the slaughter. Pour me in.
0: Dr. Bruce Ashford says there's really only two kinds of people in the world. I'm reading from his 10 words series. You can find it at bruceashford.net. All right, Bruce, there's really only two kinds of people in the world, law keepers and law breakers. I would like to imagine that I am a law keeper, but you have something to say about that.
1: Yeah. So, you know, the Bible teaches us uh, there are only two kinds of people, law, law breakers and law keepers, covenant breakers, covenant keepers. And all of us, to some extent, are lawbreakers, and that's the point of the gospel, that we've broken God's law, that we deserve his condemnation, that only through Christ Jesus can we come into right relationship with God. When we do come into right relationship with God, he enables us to become law keepers, uh, because before we worship God through Christ, we were always breaking the law, even when we obeyed the law. Because uh, the, the very first commandment is to love the Lord your God, to love the one and only true God. And if we're not loving the one and only true God, no matter what our actions are, no matter which other laws we, quote, unquote, keep, uh, at the deepest level, we're breaking those laws because we're doing them out of uh, some other motivation than love for God. And so the law doesn't just show us our, our need for God and our need for Christ. It also um, has a positive function and that is that it instructs us how to live, uh, a way of living that will cause us to flourish and cause our society to flourish.
0: So that's where um, you go next in this series and where I'd like to go in this conversation as well. Um, Every single one of us who are Christians, we, we want to figure out, like, how to apply the Bible to life. How is the Bible, the living Word of God, not just for the world, but for me? And, you know, and I'm I desire that through cooperation with the Holy Spirit, my life would be brought into greater and greater conformity with God's will. Well, one of the primary places where God reveals his will um, very early on is in this, you know, list of 10 words, in these 10 words, in what we call the Ten Commandments. And so we're uh, we're looking at the Ten Words series by Bruce Ashford, and we're going to look uh, here at the second installment in that series. You say this, um, you know, that we want to use the Bible's internal categories to address our life in this world. That's me saying, I want to apply the Bible to life. Um, and, and here's the list of things that you say happens when we do that. So we are ascribing sovereignty to God. We're recognizing the fixed moral order that flows from his character. And we're affirming that his law is absolute. It applies to all people in all places and at all times. Um, talk with us about the moral law and this moral law of God, um, because there's there's more to say about how we approach the conversation um, you know, between right and wrong. And you you unpack that and you're going to use some really big words. And so everybody needs to like this is when you like turn and and furrow your brow for just a moment, because you're going to hear words like consequentialist. And deontological, both of which I know are big furry words for this early in the morning. But Bruce Ashford's gonna tell us what they mean. Yeah, this this show's gonna be for readers who like
1: their coffee strong, so Exactly. Um, <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so if you look through the Bible, the Bible can be sometimes difficult to interpret. And one of the things that becomes a little bit of a tangle for us is which parts of God's law apply to us today and which don't. And it turns out, uh, you know, there, that the law could be categorized to moral law, civil law, and ceremonial law. So civil law uh, was law that God gave the people of Israel in the ancient Near East to govern their nation. Those laws don't apply to us today. For example, um, you know, the, the the severe penalties for wearing fabric that is mixed, you know, polyester for example, or the severe consequences of touching dead pig skin. Those things don't apply to us today, the civil law or the ceremonial law, but the moral law does. And it applied to the nation of Israel. God told Israel, if you will follow my law, you will flourish and people will be jealous of the life that you have and therefore be jealous of the God you worship. And then uh, when Jesus came, he fulfilled that law in a way that Israel was supposed to fulfill it, but hadn't. And and then after Jesus, we now have the church and the church is supposed to obey God's law and to conform our life to it. And it'll make people jealous of the life that we have. It should, and therefore make them want the God that we have. And and really in the world, there's only two kinds of ethics. There's consequentialist ethics, then there's deontological the ethics. Now, consequentialist ethics is what most Americans follow. And it basically just says you determine, uh, you know, kind of for yourself what's right and wrong based on what you think the consequences will be. Uh, so, in other words, if, if you want a desired result, if you think a desired result, uh, such and such action is the, it uh, will bring about the, the desired result for you, then you take that action no matter what, whether it breaks God's law or keeps God's law. And the majority of Americans, uh, it seems, follow a consequentialist ethic where they get to determine what the outcome should be and then take whatever action they think is best or prudent based on that. But the Bible gives us a, uh, a, a different view, which basically just says that we've got a divine duty, that God has already told us which actions are right and wrong and which intentions behind those actions are right and wrong. We don't get to determine what the best outcome is. God gets to determine the outcome. And what we have to do is to follow his, uh, his law. And so if you want your um, you know, $5 word for the day, deontological ethics is, is the $5 word. It means that we've got a, a duty-based ethic, that we have a duty to uh, love God and follow his law.
0: So I think when we hear that, um, if we if we settle into that for just a moment, we probably recognize that we have heard ourselves say, but I followed all of the rules. I did all of the right things. I was a good person. And this bad thing still happened to me. That is evidence of consequentialist ethics. Like, right, that that suggests that I am basically um a self-interested pragmatist and I am I am saying hey if I do you know I have decided I'm the arbiter of, of what one does to get a particular outcome um, and, and in my judgment these are the things that should happen because I have done these things I am now I have a right to to these outcomes um, because of these realities I mean all of that I can like hear echoing through conversations that I've had even with Christians What I hear you saying is we need to rediscover and recover and submit again to a deontological ethic um, in terms of our approach to right and wrong. Um, We need to recognize that we have a divine duty to God and God gets to determine the outcome, uh, even if we see it as, you know, as unjust in the moment.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, um, Americans... That's super
0: countercultural, Bruce. That's super duper (laughs) countercultural.
1: It is. I mean, you know, as Americans, you know, we're action-oriented people, and there's a lot of good to that. Not not bad. There's a lot of good to it. But the problem is that, uh, as you put it so well, that God doesn't give us the right to have a certain outcome in life. You know, the, the point is we live in a fallen world, and life is going to hit us. Life is going to happen to us. And even when we're living according to God's law, we're going to have uh, bad results and bad outcomes, you know, because that's the kind of world we live in. And what God has said to us is, Uh, that we're supposed to show the world that we treasure God through Christ greater than any other treasure. And if the time ever comes where um, our obedience to him causes us to be stripped of other treasures in life, such as a certain reputation or certain financial outcomes or a certain political outcome, that uh, the outcomes are not our primary concern. Our primary concern is adherence to God's word, um, adherence to his law. And that applies not only to individuals but also to communities and nations, and uh, and so what our, our main concern is to honor God and please Him rather than to achieve a certain outcome.
0: Okay, so the outcomes um, conversation makes my mind immediately go to the cultural conversation that we seem to increasingly be having about the difference between equality and equity. And so um, I, I know that you and I probably don't have time to completely unpack that today, but it seems to me that people who who would now argue that, you know, everybody deserves equity, there should be an equal outcome um, every person has different circumstances and, um, and should be given everything that is necessary by, you know, by everyone else in order to ensure that there are equal outcomes, as if that's the definition of, uh, uh, of equality. Well, that's not equality. Um, you know, equality is each one of us created as image bearers, um, you know, before God, equal in creation, equal at the cross in terms of our sin and need and equal in the kingdom for those who turn to, uh, you know, turn to Christ and receive God's grace through him. Um, can we at some point have the, the equality equity conversation as it flows out of this conversation about um, ethics and how we think about right and wrong today?
1: That's a that's a fantastic point, And I hadn't thought about it in relation to uh, this particular series, but it's a, you make a fine point. And uh, here's the fact. The fact is that we live in a fallen world and there there will there will not be equity on a fallen world ever, no matter how hard we try. And as a matter of fact, in the new heavens and new earth in the eternal state, one day there still won't be equity. Um, uh, that, no, John know, still some, gets
0: to John still gets the best seat.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, I he's going to be that. first
0: in the kingdom of heaven, right? I mean, I, I right. I mean, you know, following Jesus, right? I, the the seats at the right. right and the left, you know. Yeah, exactly. There's still seats to the right and the left. I mean, I yeah, you're yeah. I get it. I get it. All right. You're going to help us continue to unpack this conversation over time. Um, so for right now, let's just encourage folks to go to uh, to Bruce's website, Bruce Ashford. dot Help me out, Bruce. I got to go back a few pages. Ashford bruceashford.net. Grab this 10 words series. We're going to continue talking about it over time. Bruce, blessings. Happy New Year. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Thanks. It's been great to be on the show, Carmen.
0: Likewise. All right. We'll be right back. All right. Are you curious about what the Bible has to say about a particular thing going on in your life or in the world? Um, You know, we go to... uh, we go to the internet and we type all kinds of things into Google. We, you know, we ask all kinds of questions um, of uh, of the quote unquote internet. But what does God's Word actually have to say about those very same things? Chris Martin, um, with Moody Publishers, is going to come and talk with us about BibleToLife.com, dot where they have taken the things that you and I most frequently Google. And they've then said, hey, here's actually what God's Word has to say about those very things. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen.
1: Parents often approach me and ask how they should be training their kids to survive in today's culture. It's a
2: great question. Hi, I'm Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. Here are some of the core areas for parents to focus on. Train your team to handle rejection and disappointment by allowing them to experience both. Train your team to appreciate hard work. Train them to make wise decisions by working through the consequences of poor ones. Train them to bounce back from mistakes. Train them to handle money by giving them a checkbook early on. And finally, train them to choose the path of integrity, honesty, and keeping their word those aren't my insights. They come straight from the Bible. Mom, Dad, let's help our kids know how to survive in today's culture.
1: Want more help from Mark Gregston? Check out his latest resources online at parentingtodaysteens.org.
0: All right, joining us now, Chris Martin, whose book, terms of service releases on february 1 so we're anticipating that uh his terms of service blog is excellent i encourage you to check it out on substack he also joins us as an editor for moody press and a social media consultant chris martin happy new year and welcome back
2: happy new year and thank you for having me back carmen it's great to be with you i hope you had a nice christmas it feels like it's been Six months since we talked. Since I think it, one of the last couple of times I've been here, it's been with uh, our buddy Peter Capsner. So it's uh, it's good to be back with you, and I'm glad uh, I'm glad to be chatting.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. I would love for you to share with us about this um, this new project, Bible to Life. Um, I'm looking at it right now um, at life dot com. Um, it looks like uh, we're we're talking about how we can answer the questions that a lot of people are googling, and how we can know what the Bible says about those questions. So, tell us about this project, life dot com.
2: Sure. So, contrary to what we usually talk about when we're hanging out. Uh, the, this is a project that I'm working on for, for my day job. For Not work, like doing for real personally. work. Yeah. 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 Like this is, this is something I'm so grateful that I get to do for my, for yeah, my day job working for Moody Publishers. And, um, when I joined them a, a, just over a year ago, they had this dream of creating an online resource that would serve people with Christian resources who may never crack open a 200 page paperback book, which is, you know, that's kind of what a publisher like Moody Publishers specializes in. Um, and, they said, you know, we got these relationships with authors, we have all these books that we've published, it'd be great if we could serve people who are searching for answers to their deep faith questions on the internet, who may be coming across answers that are less than trustworthy, or maybe they're, they sound trustworthy, but it's not quite clear who's answering these questions, like what happens to Christians when they die, or why does God allow suffering? And so we said, yeah, let's create a resource that that uses some of the resources we've published, uh, taps into some of the author relationships that we have to help people who are searching for answers to questions and and trying to better understand God's Word and God Himself through the Internet. Because unfortunately, I think, and, and whether you think this is good or bad, a lot of people are taking their hardest faith questions, like the ones I just explained, or others, um, like do, you know do i have to go to church to be a christian or you know things like that they're taking a lot of these faith questions to google before they take them to a trusted person they know in their real life like a pastor or a parent or even a friend and so our hope is that with bible to life it really just be a ministry and as you can imagine based on what i talk about on the show pretty regularly using the internet and social media and and, and online content in this redemptive way is just really important to me personally. I really hope that this site can be a way that people engage with God's Word and understand the implications of God's Word on their life uh, and be kind of a constructive way they use the internet. So that's really, man, what we're hoping to do is just help people find a trustworthy spot to find their find answers to their faith questions.
0: Okay, and now I want to demonstrate to you that I have been paying attention over time and so I read at least in part the terms of use at um, at Life dot com. And so now I have a terms of use question for you. Um, of course, on, on the MoodyRadio.org terms of use. So I'm used to seeing things referred to in the possessive. I'm used to seeing an apostrophe, but here I see what looks like a quote mark. Like there's two apostrophes. Um, And when when Moody is Moody's like possessive or when um, in a sentence that talks about, oh, I was going to see. There's one that's like else else, like, you know, someone else's and that's possessive. And there's there's two apostrophes there. So it looks like a quote mark instead of an apostrophe. Okay, it now this is not a criticism. Like I'm I really am curious. Is there like a, a secret Internet reason for that?
2: No. And I'm looking oh. at those right now, and I don't even see what you're talking about. So I know so there's in no the, secret. I know. Well, I know. No okay. So just, I'll, I'll just give
0: you one so that you can – because this will be fun for you, right? So in the accounts, passwords, yeah. and security section, you can just find the sentence that says, you may not use anyone else's Moody ID, password, or account, blah, blah, blah. So that else's has two little things. and when you And when Moody is referred to in the possessive – Throughout the piece. So let's uh, I'm just going to scroll up to the your use of the site uh, section. And if you look at the one that says you agree that you will not take any action that imposes an unreasonable or disproportionately large load on the infrastructure of the site or Moody's possessive. But it has two apostrophes, Moody's systems. Anyway, I huh. I I really did this because and in the next paragraph, um, any other persons, persons which would be possessive has has, a you know, Two apostrophes. Instead of an apostrophe, it looks like a quote mark. I only say that because I wanted to demonstrate that, first of all, I did what you tell us to do, which is go and read the terms of use when we click on a new website. I just confess, I, I don't regularly do that. I don't even understand all of the things that I would have to agree to do or not do in order to continue using Moody's sites or anybody else's sites because there's so much here and it's so long. And in my like click to read, I just don't do that. So I just I'm confessing that I don't do it regularly. I did do it today because you and I were going to be talking and then I discovered this very interesting question.
2: I'm I'm proud of you, uh, Carmen. And I, I still I found this part you're talking about. And I, I only have one quote, Mark. So I don't know if it's somehow displaying funky on your oh. on your device or what. But I uh, I promise it's nothing secret. And I'm again, I'm proud of you for actually looking. Most of us, yes, do not take the time to check out the terms of use or terms and conditions or whatever they're usually called on the different sites that we use. That's for sure.
0: I love it. All right, so the new resource is bibletolife.com. We're talking um, with Chris Martin. He writes the Terms of Service blog and is the author of the forthcoming book by the same title, Terms of Service. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. I have uh, inflamed the grammarians and the punctuation sticklers. And so now people are going and reading Terms of Use, and that is kind of funny to me. OK, um, Chris Martin is here. He writes a blog called Terms of Service. He's also releasing a book on February the 1st by the same title, Terms of Service. It is much anticipated by those of us who care about such things. Um, and so let's, um, let's talk a little bit um, about your upcoming book? And um, what do you think, uh, just off the lead, like, what do you think we should know about it?
2: Good question. Um, I think you should know that it will probably make you uncomfortable, um, which, like, I'm not a salesman, and I suppose that shows in this moment. But um, I think it's good that books make us uncomfortable. And I think you should know, listener and potential reader, that I, someone asked me yesterday, they said, why should somebody take the time to read your book? And I said, that's a, that's a great question. And the way I would answer it is I find this topic important enough that I spent hundreds of hours writing 50,000 words about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's valuable enough to spend that much time and investment in it. Many, many Saturday mornings I woke up at five o'clock and wrote for three hours before my family woke up. If I think it's that important, I think it's worth three to five hours of your time, depending on how quickly you read to, to take the time to read it. And the reason I think that is not because is not because I'm an amazing writer or, or anything like that. I think it's worth that time because if, if we, if we're on average, like many people, uh, the average time that I've seen, the stat that I've seen is people are using social media for a couple hours every day. If we're using this technology for a couple of hours every day, I think it's probably worth our time to spend two or three days worth of social media time reading a book to better understand this tool that we use every day. So that's what I would say. And, and I think people should know that it's not a sad book or a super discouraging book, but it is a sobering book. It, it's a book that calls us to take more seriously and perhaps take more intentionally our relationship with our social media platforms.
0: Um, it is a conversation about water among fish. I, I love that. It's a, it really is. Like, that's what you're trying to do, I think. You're trying to get yeah. the fish to, uh, to talk about the water.
2: That's right. Yeah. Like fish cannot swim or exist, live outside of water. Um, We really it's impossible for us to detach ourselves from social media and the Internet generally, even if you like in the book, I I don't I don't make this big call to action, this sort of technological alter call for everybody to delete their accounts and and uninstall their apps and things like that. Um, I I think that could be healthy for some people who maybe are addicted to things on social media or find, you know, are finding their, their worth and their value in social media. I think that can be a healthy step. But it's not an anti-social media's terrible, you know, anti-social media book. It's really a call for us to, like you said, recognize the water in which we swim um, and help us to better understand the, you know, virtual environments that we live in and try to think critically about how to live in those environments. I think too many of us, most of us probably have uncritically embraced social media. And we embraced it because it gave us very encouraging promises, like you can connect with family members across the world or reconnect with high school friends that you that you've missed talking with for the last 15 years or whatever. We we connected with social media and started using these platforms for really optimistic and encouraging Goals, we had these ideas of what they were meant to do for us uh, But my fear is that we've really come to serve these social media platforms more than they serve us And I think that happens because we use them uncritically We don't ask hard questions of these platforms like why do I need to give them my location location all the time? Why why shouldn't I just opt out of that or? Um, what what do I hope Instagram accomplishes for me? Like what why am I using this even like the idea that we would ask What's the point of Twitter in my life just sounds weird to people like people. Hmm. And I've said that, like, hey, we should ask these questions. People will say, wow, that just sounds so weird. And I'm like, yeah, but but we should be asking that of books or of TV or of the church. We should be asking of all of these different institutions and forms of media with which we engage. What do I hope this does in my life? What role do I want this to play? How do I think this will and should affect me? And I think, gosh, as much time as we're spending with social media, we should be asking that question of social media.
0: Does social media, I mean, I, I guess I hope um, that in some way I serve others through the things that I post on, on the social internet, and I hope that the social internet serves me by getting the word out about people i'm talking with things we're talking about like i would hope that my presence on the social internet um is a service to others and i hope that the platform serves me in reaching more and more people um so that would be my thinking in answer to the question am i wrong that social uh that the social internet is designed to serve me because I know your answer to this is no it's designed to serve itself
2: <laughs> well yes that's true it is designed to ser- designed to serve itself and it does serve us like I think there there is benefit that we gain I mean I I don't think the internet that, that the social internet and our interactions on various social media platforms are all bad by any means I think there is a lot of good that comes from these platforms um, and we get to connect with lots of, lots of people we never would and I think there's plenty of good um, I just think that we 've taken we 've we 've taken all of the good and kind of willfully ignored like turned a blind mm-hmm. eye toward mm-hmm. the bad and and I think it's um it 's not about us like I said logging off or deleting everything it 's more just I want us to count the cost um a lot of us you know a lot of folks i think i 've even said in discussions with you before are afraid of this like Orwellian future where Big brother you know, comes in and invades our lives and we get overtaken by like this big government, like, you know, media entity and they make us watch these TV shows and all of that. I think like Postman in 1985 and amusing ourselves to death, I think we should be more afraid that what we love will destroy us, not what we hate. And like Huxley says in Brave New World, my fear is that um, a lot of us are are welcoming Big Brother in and, and providing him a seat on the couch he doesn 't have to knock down our door and I just think and it 's not a book about Big Brother, but you know what i 'm saying I think it 's uh-huh. important that we count, count the cost of what we 're providing to these platforms in exchange for a service that i that I also think is maybe having more detrimental effects on us than we even realize.
0: All right. It's so good. I'm totally looking forward to it. Um, I love any book that is designed to leave me with more questions than it answers and yours um, promises to do just that. So I think that's good. And I think that's healthy and helpful. And a really good resource for having conversations across generations and maybe in our, um, you know, even in our Bible study groups or our our church circles, like to, to have something that says, hey, this guy is asking some really provocative questions. I'm wondering if, you know, maybe these are questions we ought to be asking about um, the way that we as Christians engage on social on the social internet, like I'm, you know, I'm observing these things about how I see Christians treating one another. Is is that really making it evident to others out there in the world that you know we they're going to know we're Christians by our love? Like, is that, I'm just thinking that there are uses of this, um, Chris, that go far beyond just the individual question about you know my own personal exposure. On the social internet, which is which is a really important question to ask, but I think that the um, the questions you provoke us to ask in conversation with others um, are going to be really healthy as well.
2: yeah, thank you I, I do hope that I, I do hope that collectively as families or churches or community groups within churches, that we are asking these questions collectively because it really is a team effort, not not an mm-hmm. individual pursuit.
0: All right. Terms of Service is the is the book. It is forthcoming. Chris Martin is the author. He he blogs at the same place, Terms of Service, um, and he works for Moody Publishers, and we're celebrating um, the uh, the advent of their new um, site, BibleToLife.com, which, of course, you have to read the Terms of Use because we're talking with Chris about it. Chris, as always, thank you so much. Blessings. Thank you. We'll be right back. Sweet. We are um, you know, clicking down. We are just about out of time today um, in this first hour. It's so fun to be together with you. Thank you so much. For those of you who don't know, there's actually a second hour um, of Mornings with Carmen. And so if you're listening on the podcast, I just want to say, hey, Thank you so much for listening. And if you're a regular listener um, to this as a radio program, we'd love for you to share it with others. Like you could become a radio missionary in that way. Like you can extend the reach of this to other people. Um, A really easy way to do that is by sharing with them the Faith Radio app or go to MyFaithRadio.com and share the link. All right. we got another hour up next. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio.